What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap. And I don't know if you know this, but you also broke the internet this morning with another film, Avengers Endgame. Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Did I scare I, you I, 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 I haven't even looked at my phone. What are you talking about? Uh, but people are like ready to see this movie. They're buying the tickets. It's nuts. I mean, how does that feel to know that they, they love this film so much? It's great, but I'm dead. So I don't. I can't answer any questions about that. Oh, okay. So you don't want to give us a spoiler or anything like that? I'm dead. <laughs> what about Black Panther 2? Anything? I'm dead. <laughs> no, we're not ready for you to be dead, Chadwick. But I am. I'm dead. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for yet another episode of After the Snap. Welcome back. And if you're new here, welcome to the show. Thanks for for dropping in. I'm noticing that there has been an influx of new listeners. And for that, I am extremely grateful. So uh, continue to shout it out to your friends, your family. And tell them how much fun you have listening to After the Snap twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. This has been a huge, huge week. And I guess the weeks, the news coming out of uh, the different comic book, sci-fi, fantasy camps is just going to get bigger as we make our push towards Avengers Endgame because we've got a lot a lot of things to cover and so much so that I recorded this episode probably 12 hours ago and so much news came out over that 12 hours that I hated the episode the first episode because I'm like look at how much I missed in just a number of hours so now this is a re-record so that I can go back and catch up with some of the stuff that uh, would have been missed If I would have just put this episode out 12 hours earlier, imagine that. And of course, one of the big, big stories is the Disney Plus streaming service. How much more information we got about that streaming service, that information that came out yesterday. So Disney's announcement is basically serving notice to Netflix that, hey, we coming for your neck. Yes, we're trying to take all your subscribers. Oh, you think we're just coming to take the Marvel and the Disney? No, we want all your subscribers. That's basically what Disney is saying to Netflix with the announcement that they made yesterday. It was big, very big news. Every media outlet was reporting on Disney's big plans for Disney+. Plus. It's going to essentially be the home of all the company's various franchises like Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, National Geographic, because that came with the Fox deal. So you thought it was all about the Fantastic Four and X-Men. No, they actually got National Geographic as part of that deal and many, 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 many more different entities and different properties. So small scale was X-Men and Fantastic Four. If you can imagine anything entering the MCU being small scale, 
an analogy I like to use all the time. Disney was playing chess while we sitting here in our mind playing checkers about what the MCU was getting. Disney is like, I've got something for everybody if I acquire Fox. Great business deal, great business minds. That's why they make the big bucks. And I'm reading straight from Gizmodo. Uh, Disney Plus appears to have taken a few cues from Netflix. Much like its competitor, the platform is going to use an algorithm to serve up content related to user-specific watch histories. So because, of course, I'm going to have a lot of MCU watching going on, a lot of my content, the content that will be directed towards me, will be in that vein. Same thing with little children who watch the Disney movies. You know, everybody will have their own. The content will be aimed at specifically what that user uses. Netflix does that very well. Disney Plus has had an opportunity to study what Netflix does well and copy it, basically. Um, You can establish multiple, multiple user profiles. And that's the same thing you can do with Netflix. And the company said that these accounts will also allow for for parental controls, of course, because Disney definitely is known for making child-friendly programming, but they still want to make sure that the parent can filter the content that their child watches. Disney is family first all the time. Okay, so let's talk about content. Um, At launch, Disney Plus will feature nine exclusive episodic shows, and there will be a lot more on the way. A new MCU show starring Tom Hiddleston will be uh, Loki. We'll also get a live-action Star Wars series featuring Diego Luna as Cassian Andor and Alan Tudyk as the voice of K2SO, their characters from Rogue One. We'd also heard about the What If comic book series. We got a little bit more on that because we're saying that uh, the first episode is going to center around the world where Peggy Carter became Captain America instead of Steve Rogers. How exciting is that? Of course, that's animated, but who cares? Peggy Carter as Captain America is probably going to be badass. Then we're also getting WandaVision. That's a new TV series starring Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. They're going to be Wanda, Maximoff, and Vision. So that's another one of the lead-off series. So we know we're getting a, a Hawkeye series that will show Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye training Kate Bishop to be the next Archer in a group called the Young Avengers. Now we're not we're not sure that we're going to get Young Avengers proper, but we do know that Kate Bishop was a member of the Young Avengers and she was trained by Hawkeye. And also as previously reported, we know that Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be getting their show that that'll be uh coming out. Put it like this. MCU fan, comic book movie fan, this is probably going to be worth you looking into come November. That's right. I said November, so right around the time, it's always something exciting going on around one of my milestones. Right around the time that 
after the snap will be celebrating one year in existence we'll be getting the uh, Disney Plus streaming service so that's November 12th it will become available and you can get that for $69.99 a year or for the low low price of $6.99 a month I don't know about you but my Netflix prices just got hiked up a bit and at first I wasn't fighting it or upset or angry but I'm like I could probably get rid of Netflix I don't watch it very often there are some shows that I do love that come on Netflix I hardly have time to watch them so when it becomes time to watch them I kind of have to just binge through it that is one of the pluses to having Netflix and of course I got all these other streaming services and I do need to pare it down but there will be one more in November I I have to get the Disney Plus streaming service and see what the hype is about and I'm sure it's going to be big announcements and the closer we get to November 12th I just I'm very excited for this service because some of the characters that we know already that we have already embraced we already are pretty sure we have a relationship with the characters Uh, so we know we like the characters that they'll have in these movies the only thing that could doom these tv shows is uh bad writing because we're already invested they've already got an audience god that's gonna be just crazy so like i said Netflix, they coming for your neck. I don't think it's going to be no first round knockout. It will be a long and drawn out fight if Disney overpowers Netflix. But don't count Netflix out. I believe they've got a few tricks up their sleeve as well. Moving on to what would have been the top story if Disney wouldn't have made their announcement is Shazam. And I got a feeling that Shazam is going to be overshadowed by Disney products, Disney content. That's going to be the story of its little life. But Shazam is currently sitting, as of this recording, at $69.75 million domestic, right around $200 million worldwide on a $90 million budget. So kudos, kudos to Shazam for being the number one movie in the box office. It's just a little movie that could. It is a wonderful, wonderful movie, a family movie. The center of the whole movie is relationships between families, whether they are good, bad, or strained. At the center of these, these, this movie is family. And yes, there is some kind of CGI violence in the movie that I didn't mention the first time I talked about the movie. I'm mentioning it now because at that time I I said this movie is a perfect movie. I went back to see it again and then I remembered about after seeing it again. I remembered about that kind of CGI violence that was in there and it would bring my score down just a little bit to maybe 4.75 because 
some of that shit can traumatize a child, especially if you got a sensitive child. It's not horrible. It's not gore, but it is violence and it could be scary to a little person. Uh, so top of the box office was Shazam. And it's, it looks like it's going to top the box office again this weekend because don't look like Hellboy is going to make the list. Right now, Hellboy is languishing with the 13% score on Rotten Tomatoes. That's after 90 critic reviews. Now, we know that sometimes the, the audience has other plans for a movie. Sometimes the audience decides, no, we like this movie. Who cares what the... the, the critics think we like the movie and we're going to throw them the collective might behind the audience behind this movie so the audience is definitely stronger a stronger crowd than the critics so if the audiences latch on critics will be drowned out but right now we're hearing the critics more than anything because the movie officially just dropped today so the critics are, are kind of dragging this movie. I'm not going to see it. I have no intention of seeing it. And the reason why is because of the gore. I, I don't do gory movies very well. Sometimes I don't mind it. But if I know walking through the door that it's going to be just gratuitous, <laughs> gratuitously bloody and gory, I don't want to see it. It's the That's the exact reason that I stopped watching the Doom Patrol I was covering the, the Doom Patrol over on my YouTube channel. And they do shocking things just for the sake of shocking you in that series. And, you know, if it is well-placed, well-timed, I can get behind it. But just gore for the sake of being gory, I cannot do, which is why I don't do the Doom Patrol anymore. And which is why I have no interest in seeing Hellboy. So I'm kind of going by what the audience word of mouth is and what the critics are saying. And there are no audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I think I saw something like a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. And that's still not good. So it's just not looking good. And I haven't listen to any other pundits at about 11 o'clock it'll be time for uh john campia and then i will hear his his opinion on hellboy okay so last week's box office though was horror heroes and dumbo the the, the top five was of course shazam at number one then number two was Pet Cemetery, which was also debuting last week. Then you had Dumbo at number three, Us holding on at number four, and God damn it, if Captain Marvel is not still holding on for number five. Now, which brings me to uh, something Brie Larson had said, and what she was saying is she doesn't understand why it's so hard to comprehend that Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. I'm not trying to be funny. I don't find it funny or hard to comprehend at all that a Marvel movie made a billion dollars. We've seen that happen a lot of times. I don't find it hard to comprehend that a female-led movie garnered a billion dollars at the box office. If it's a good movie, it shouldn't matter 
who's in front. But what I am startled by is that this particular female-led Marvel movie made a billion dollars. Not that it was a horrible movie. It was not a horrible movie. It just wasn't that good to me. It wasn't the... This movie benefited from its timing. And I'm not saying that I did not enjoy the movie. I liked the movie. It was not my favorite Marvel origin story. It wasn't even my second favorite Marvel origin story. It probably wasn't my third favorite Marvel origin story. It was not Thor the Dark World bad. And I I always throw that movie out there because to me, it's the bottom of the MCU barrel. So it wasn't bad, but it wasn't Iron Man. Ain't never going to be that. So, okay, that wasn't fair. It wasn't Doctor Strange even to me. Now, you may have an entirely different opinion, and that's fine. That's what makes the world go around. I I don't even mind hearing your opinion, but I'm saying that I believe this movie benefited from the position that it was dropped, and I don't believe that that was by accident. I believe it was by design, and if that was by design, that's again showing the genius of the people over at Marvel, Kevin Feige, and everybody in his think tank. They make great decisions for their properties, for their movies, for their content, so can't even be upset by that i could see this getting pumped up even more when avengers endgame comes out because the the interest in marvel properties is going to increase again and she's going to uh, benefit from it again not a bad thing it's always a good thing especially with these female-led movies because success from two female-led superhero movies means that we will get more female-led superhero movies. So Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, thank you very much. You are paving the way for female-led comic book movies. But And you also know I was very excited for Captain Marvel. But I am not just a mindless person who, just because I was excited for a movie have to say that that movie was good in the end the movie was all right it wasn't great you know so there's my opinion on that so we talked about hellboy shazam our top five in the box office from last week let's push on i guess right now is a pretty good time to tell you that part two of the from ada geeks crossover will be being recorded this weekend which means it will be out for your consumption at some point next week i'll be recording on their show and this is their big mcu episode and i'm glad to be hanging out with them to get through it also their episodes are usually a bit longer so i don't think i'm going to do an the entire episode on my platform because i'm uh, held back by time constraint you guys will get a portion of that show on my platform and then I will redirect you to their platform if you'd like to hear the entire show. April 26th, Avengers Endgame's drop date also happens to be after the snap's 175th day of existence and that is significant because 
on average, the average podcast is abandoned by its host by day 175. So we, if we make it to day 175 and I don't run away from the show for some reason, we have crossed yet another milestone and I will be so excited to celebrate that milestone by watching Avengers Endgame and hanging out with you guys. So very much look forward to sharing with you guys how I feel at day 175. And thank you for those of you who have been with me from the very beginning. Thank you for all of those people who have joined our little refugee camp along the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And let's just see how far we can take this thing through the rest of 2019. Okay. Now, getting back to the subjects at hand. There was a lot of Avengers in-game rumblings this over the past, say, seven days. Did you all know that in the in first week of, of ticket sales, Avengers Endgame sold five times the tickets that Infinity War sold last year. Avengers Endgame sold five times the tickets that Avengers Infinity War sold last year. That was that was record breaking. Last year was record breaking. This is just record shattering. You shatter your own record with the sequel to that movie. Crazy. Well, let's just read from uh, CNBC. The long-awaited Avengers Endgame is just 17 days away, and it's already smashing box office records left and right. Pre-sale tickets went on sale last Tuesday and exceeded first hour and first day records on both Adam Tickets and Fandango. A week later, Endgame has done something even more impressive. In its first week, the 22nd film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe sold nearly twice as many tickets on Adam Tickets as Aquaman, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Avengers Infinity War, and Captain Marvel combined. Um, Endgame is due in theaters on April 26th. The film is expected to finally give some resolution to the events of Infinity War, in which half the heroes disappeared into dust. It could possibly serve as the last film for several of Marvel's most iconic characters. We delivered millions of tickets to eager fans during the first day of pre-sales to see Endgame at our exhibition partners' theaters, demonstrating there is no better place to see epic films than on the big screen, as Paul Yanover, president of Fandango, said last week. The strong advanced ticket sales for the latest Marvel flick bodes well for Disney. The four films that Endgame outpaced in terms of pre-sale tickets for Adam Tickets each had successful turns at the box office in the last year. Aquaman hauled in $67.9 million during its debut. Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi took in $220 million. Avengers Infinity War earned $257 million. And Captain Marvel tallied $153 million. And Aquaman only only hauled in $67.9 million 
because it fell right at Christmas. So you, we would have been looking at a little bit more for Aquaman at his debut if it would not have fallen, if it didn't come out with Mary Poppins, and if it wasn't Christmas time. Avengers Infinity War, the film leading up to Endgame, brought in $678 million domestically and $1.37 billion from international markets on its way to becoming the fourth highest grossing film of all time. There's also concern that Marvel, by keeping this movie at a three-hour length, is shooting itself in the foot that it won't be able to break the opening weekend record uh, for ticket sales because of how long the movie is that, that there won't be a turnaround fast enough with theaters you can't move an audience out clean the theater get another audience in in time enough for Endgame to make it to 300 million dollars and for just one reason, and, and I'm calling bullshit on that just for one reason. And that one reason is this. The theater that I go to, the last showing is usually uh, the 10 o'clock, possibly 11 o'clock showing of any movie at the theater that I normally go to. But I'm seeing showtime starting at one for that theater. So saying this. If theaters are staying open longer, almost damn near overnight, to accommodate Avengers Endgame audiences, and I won't say a full house, you won't get a full house, I don't think, at 1 or 2 in the morning. Yeah, you won't get a full house at 1 or 2 in the morning, but that's something, that's somebody, you got groups of people, and then if you're opening up earlier on the other side, you got groups of people who would not have been able to sit in any of the other showings. They're adding showings. And as this movie progresses, you can almost bet some movies will drop off and they will add another screen for Avengers Endgame. So I'm just saying, it can very well make that $300 million first weekend if a number of theaters are doing the same thing that I'm seeing my local theater doing which is adding shows that never existed for any other movie not even for avengers infinity war because i don't think last year that i could decide at two o'clock in the morning that i'm going to the movies and there be a showing of infinity war i don't remember that but i'm definitely seeing it now where if i decide at two o'clock in the morning let me call this uber get my ass up go to the movies i could and I might. <laughs> I could and I might, you know. That's just something to think about. I believe it can happen. I believe that we could see a $300 million domestic opening for Avengers Endgame. And I'm very excited. I'm almost as excited to see if the records can be broken as I am to see the movie. To be quite honest, I want to be a part of, of that type of energy that type of history in fact hell if you're like me you went to go see Avengers Infinity War several times at the movies I, I was part of the history of that movie but I wasn't in I didn't have a platform and like right now okay I've got my mic I've got a 
a loyal group of listeners and we're growing a community. Right now, I feel like, okay, now we are part of this. (laughs) We are like right in the thick of it. And I cannot wait to see what Avengers Endgame does. Now, of course, the people who are saying that this three-hour runtime could prevent uh, an opening weekend record, those people are not dummies. (laughs) You know, they are far smarter people than I. But I still... I still choose to believe. In fact, let's talk about this Variety article. Variety says, could Avengers Endgame be too much of a good thing? There's no disputing that Endgame, Disney, and Marvel's upcoming epic superhero finale will be a bona fide box office smash when it hits theaters on April 26th. However, it's runtime. Testing the bladders of audiences across the globe at three hours and one minute poses an interesting dilemma multiplexes will have to find ways to get around the film's extended length to ensure opening weekend ticket sales reach stratospheric levels. Now, Avengers Endgame is the longest Marvel tentpole to date, and its runtime means there will be fewer showings per venue each day. For the average movie, theater owners generally uh, factor in three hours for each screening. That leaves enough time to run pre-show trailers before the film, as well as a chance for janitors to clean up after end credits roll. But given the duration of Endgame, exhibitors are budgeting an additional hour for each screening, which cuts at least one showtime daily. Now I'm going to say this, you could probably solve a lot of your problems by not showing as many trailers before the movie. I know that that is advertising and it is ensuring that you continue to keep an audience uh, for the future movies. And we're not just putting all your eggs in one basket with this movie. I understand that. But this movie may need to be an exception where if the ticket says this movie starts at 630, that it might need to start at 630 or or your trailers will be as you are getting an audience into the theater. So say start your trailers at, at if it started at 6.30. If the movie starts at 6.30, start your trailers at say 6.15. And as people are moving into the theater, those trailers are showing, you'll have some people in their seats who are seeing it. This might be that movie that you need to cut those trailers in half. Just saying. Okay, in order to make up for lost screen times, exhibitors will likely try to increase the number of individual auditoriums that play in-game, with the exception of single-screen theaters. If a movie theater chain has 10 auditoriums, half of those could be allocated to Avengers in-game showings, which could result in box office crumbs for other spring releases. Competing movies in the case of Avengers in-game that might... That might mean fellow studio titles, Captain Marvel and Dumbo, along with the STX's uh, Best of en- Enemies, Paramount's pa- Pet Cemetery, and Warner Brothers' Shazam could take hits, though they will have all opened more than three weeks before. For that reason, rival studios tend to avoid opening a movie in the week surrounding a massive black blockbuster. And... Even though it is, it does seem unfair because uh, Shazam is such a a wonderful family-oriented film. 
if it's showing on two screens at the at the local 10 screen theater which mine the my local theater that i attend is a 10 screen theater nine times out of ten they're gonna cut one of those screens from shazam and give it to endgame so nope it's not fair it doesn't seem fair but uh, these people are chasing history right now they're trying to see how many sell how many asses they can get into seats because Avengers Endgame breaking that uh, single weekend record for sales is not only good for Avengers Endgame, it's good for the theaters. So they would like to see this shit happen. They want to see this movie make $2 billion or $3 billion. Why? That money is going to them. <laughs> so, so yes, I mean, a lot of this money is... is going to them avengers in-game success is the theater's success point blank and period okay so talked about that for quite a while huh <laughs> but i think it can happen and i'm rooting for it to happen and we will continue to uh follow where this story goes because of, we know it's going to be completely outrageous come april 26th okay we also saw uh, kevin feige be asked when can we expect to see x-men and the fantastic four enter the mcu and his response was it'll be a while it's all just beginning and the five-year plan that we've been working on we were working on before any of that was set so really it's much more for us less about specifics of when and where the x-men will appear and more just the comfort factor and how nice it is that they're home that they're all back but it will be a very long time that is a direct quote from kevin feige do you believe that? Do you believe it's going to be a very long time or what constitutes a very long time? Now, technically, he could not have been making, legally making plans for these characters before the Fox deal was done. So you can't have your guys in a writer's room writing stories for the Fantastic Four and the X-Men just in case this deal goes through you can't do that it's illegal that being said how many of us just sit at home and think of the what if scenarios for instance just like how you got what if this cartoon that's going to be showing what would have happened if peggy carter would have become captain america instead of steve rogers that's just something that somebody was thinking up one day and then they made a story around it you can't possibly tell me that a creative like Kevin Feige hasn't conceptualized in his mind what he would do with those characters if, if he had the rights to them. Just sitting around doodling one day as he thought about what he would do. Because we're geeks, right? Sometimes that's what geeks do. We just sit around and say, oh man, this is exactly how we could introduce the Fantastic Four into the MCU. 
it's fan fiction at that time because it all is fan fiction. And Kevin Feige is a huge fan first. He can't tell me that he hasn't thought of a way to make that happen. So will it be a very long time? He says it will. I'm saying how long is a very long time? A very long time to me would be at uh, in five years. Five years would be a very long time for me. I would be thinking, well, damn, yeah, that's a long ass time to be waiting on Fantastic Four. Next year is not a very long time. Next year, if we start getting mentions in movies of the Fantastic Four next year, it's going to be a little harder, I think, for the X-Men. And I think we will dive headfirst into all of that as we get closer to Dark Phoenix. Don't forget that movie is coming. <laughs> so as we get closer to Dark Phoenix, I'm going to dive more into what I think is going to happen with the MCU and the mutants. But it'll be simpler, much simpler to get the Fantastic Four into the MCU proper, especially since they are going to the cosmic side of things now it can happen so next year is not a very long time kevin five six years that's a long time so i don't know what his long hit what his definition of a very long time is so i can't say I, I i don't believe him i can say that we might have different viewpoints on what a long time is all right moving along we also had an interview where the Russo brothers were asked about that scene in one of our trailers where the scene where Captain America and Tony Stark were shaking hands and Tony Stark says you trust me and Captain America says I do so the interviewer was talking to the Russos and he was talking about how powerful that scene was to him and what it felt like to be behind the camera seeing witnessing directing that moment and the Russo brothers say at that moment when they even in the movie <laughs> they said that move that moment is just it's not even in the movie now, do you trust the Russo brothers at this point? They lie so fucking much. They lie a lot. So, no, I don't trust the Russo brothers at this point. But I do trust them to an extent. And the extent to where I trust them is that. Yes, they are probably telling the truth. The scene that's in the movie may not look like the scene that we saw in the trailer. I think we will see that scene in the movie, but that Captain America will be in a different uniform. I believe that that would be our past Captain America. In fact, I said it on my episode where I broke that trailer down. You can go back and take a listen if you have not heard that one. I believe that's past Captain America. And if it's past Captain America, he would be in a past uniform. And if he's in a past uniform, that's obviously in that clip was not a past uniform 
So there's some photoshopping or some CGIing or something going on to make that scene look different. So I don't know, you know, don't don't hold me to it. As a matter of fact, yes, hold me to it. But take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. We'll see April 25th for me if that scene is in the movie, but just looks different because of the CGI in a way of a uniform. We shall see. Then we got the stakes featurette. And in that stakes featurette, we got all of the stars talking about uh, different, describing the movie in different ways, describing Avengers Endgame and the journey leading up to Avengers Endgame in different ways. And it started with Robert Downey Jr. telling us that we are in for it. We are in for it with Avengers Endgame. Scarlett Johansson tells us that these are the highest stakes for our heroes. Uh, Captain America, Chris Evans says, this is the fight of our lives. He says that every trick has been pulled out of the bag by Marvel, but this movie has the best stuff. Brie Larson likened it to the grand finale at a fireworks show. Jeremy Renner tells us to expect the unexpected with the storytelling and everything and expect the unexpected. And Robert Downey Jr. tells us that no one can guess what's going to happen. Guaranteed. No one can guess what's going to happen. Now. Do we believe them? Of course, because we are all excited and hyped and and just geeked up for this movie. But these are paid liars. You know, that that's what actors do. They lie to us. They convince us that what we see is real. They portray it in such a way that it appears real. They're very good at lying. <laughs> very paid very well to do it. Uh, and make it look convincing. So this is, you know, this is great. I'm glad that they're telling us what we think we already know about this movie, but what if, let's play our own game of what if. What if all of this hyping up of this movie is because it sucks? Now, in fairness, all of the, all of the actors and the directors the directors have seen the movie. They, they say that they are the only ones cursed with knowledge for this particular movie. Nobody else has seen the movie. None of the actors. They're all going to wait until the premiere of the movie to watch the movie. I don't believe that shit. I believe that everybody knows what this movie is about. For them to keep telling us that we will never believe what's going to happen and all the twists and all of this. I know they know what they filmed. But if you filmed it and it was just you in a room because they don't trust the, the actors to uh, be in these scenes together. It, does that make sense? They don't trust the actors with the script. They don't trust the actors to film their scenes together they all film their scenes 
and then it's mushed together somehow through the power of technology that's something that i know very little about as far as how they make these movies look like all the people were in in the room together these people have seen this movie now what if they know this movie sucks so what if they have to hype it up like this i don't remember them hyping it up infinite hyping i don't remember them hyping infinity war up like this but this is the culmination this is the end of 10 years of work so of course they're going to tell us that it's the greatest thing since sliced bread but what if it sucks <laughs> just saying it, it might it could and even if it sucks this movie is going to be successful because it's, it's going to make at least 800 million dollars in the first weekend so the movie's going to be successful even if it sucks okay so let me move on how about we got the CinemaCon trailer that we that we talked about a couple episodes back we finally saw that ourselves uh and it was just as we described it it was just like we talked about a couple episodes back and i'm telling you if you are new go back a couple episodes and you'll see we talked uh at length about that CinemaCon trailer and other things but we, we always break down a trailer the only trailer that i didn't like rush to break down was this last one and that was the one that came out yesterday was it yesterday or the day before but whatever day it was that was the one the mission where you you hear a voiceover it was very short it was a very short tv spot it's called the mission tv spot and it had captain america giving a pep talk to his team and basically he says uh you know your teams you know your missions no mistakes no do-overs look out for each other this is the fight of our lives and like at this point everybody in this little scene of the mission uh tv spot everybody is in their quantum realm suits they're in the circle who i could see was cap hawkeye uh black widow tony ant-man and rocket and you know rocket is small and he's an animal so there's that so you got those five human beings and rocket and then you see uh, at the end, you know, you put your hands, you put your fists in the middle and rah-rah for the team. Okay, they're doing that. So everybody has their fist in the middle. And there are eight fists and Rocket. So we got Rocket, Captain America, Hawkeye, Tony, Black Widow, Ant-Man. So I'm counting six, but there were eight. And one of those arms was like bigger than everybody else's arm. And I think that is our confirmation that we're going to get some Professor Hulk. So if we were, if we have been looking for confirmation, that probably was our confirmation. You can go back and check it out yourself. Look at it. 
you will see one of those arms is much bigger than everybody else's and I believe that that is Professor Hulk's arm. Again, that is something that we will find out if that theory pans out on uh, April 25th. Let's go back for a moment and talk about the Let's Go Get Thanos trailer. And there's that part of the scene where Thor is getting up and he's walking up to Captain Marvel. And while he's walking towards her, like right before he calls Stormbreaker right past her face. Listen and tell me if you heard a voice say, I have telepathy. Tell me if you heard that. Did you hear like in like 49 seconds? It wasn't something that I heard the first time. But I was reading uh, on Twitter and another user on Twitter was like, oh, freaked out. And he's like, I heard a voice and at about 49 seconds. So if you if you listen to this and hear a voice at 49 seconds, let me know. So, of course, people start listening to it. And then you hear, I have telepathy. And I'm like. I did hear a voice at 49 seconds that said I had telepathy. So now we start adding to this this uh, thread and everybody heard the same thing. And I know I may have tainted you by telling you what I heard the voice say, but go back, please, and listen and tell me if you hear a voice at 49 seconds that says, I have telepathy, just like that. And the crazy thing, who the fuck could that have been? Nobody in that room has telepathy. <laughs> and I listened to it on other recordings. I listened to it on the official recording. I listened to it everywhere. You definitely hear it across the board. It was not something that this person just put in themselves. It is across the boards in that trailer. So you let me know after the snap at gmail.com. Please let me know if you heard a voice whispering, I have telepathy. It was scary. It's still creepy. If you can see how the hair on my arms is standing out. I was so creeped out by that. So let me know if you heard that voice. Okay, now come back to the mission. The mission TV spot. Because at the end, the cutest end was... Captain America gave his pep talk and then Rocket says he's pretty good at this. <laughs> and Ant-Man was like, right? <laughs> and that's something that it just it was just so cute to me. And I'm going to watch it again because it's so cute to me. I can't wait to see the dynamic between Rocket and all of these characters uh, that's got to be even though this is the stakes are so high and we really don't have time to be bullshitting you know we got to figure out how we gonna stop Thanos get Thanos reverse shit all of that it's so much going on but you know to take a moment and laugh and that was cute and funny and I can't wait to see how much more cute funny shit happens between Rocket and whomever. Heading closer to Avengers Endgame, I'm going to be releasing an episode, but 
I would like for your opinions to be a part of this episode that I'm planning. So if you are so inclined, can you please reach out to me via social media or email at afterthesnap at gmail.com or any way that you can reach out to me? Please do so and let me know what is your favorite MCU moment. What has been your favorite moment in the MCU thus far? It can be from any movie. Just let me know what you consider your favorite moment from the MCU. What stands out to you the most? And again, you can you can send that after the snap at gmail.com or you can look in the show notes in the show description and look at my social media handles and reach out to me on social media. How about following me while you're there? <laughs> Follow me on all of my social medias. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, if you'd like to assist the show financially, you can do that at patreon.com slash after the snap. If you'd like to make a one-time donation to the show, you can do that at paypal.com slash after the snap. You can also review and rate and subscribe to the show. Wherever you listen to podcasts, share it with a friend. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. That is so important. I'd like for you to make sure that you know when Tasha has uploaded a new episode. We've got a mere 13 days away from the opening of Avengers Endgame. Everybody keep yourself safe. Watch another's back. Uh, keep, keep your head on a swivel. We don't want nothing to happen to you between now and April 25th. Everybody who started this journey with me, I would like to be there at the end so that we can watch this movie and discuss it together. Other than that, I have nothing else for you this week. Remember, keep your eyes open for the information about the From A to Geeks crossover part two event. Outside of that, I've got nothing else. I'll catch all of you on the flip.